Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Jenna Noel. Jenna is an award-winning photographer who's been shooting professionally for 15 years. Starting with a focus in weddings, Jenna is now devoting time to helping other creatives along their path with her new education brand, Endless Summer Collective. She is an avid traveler and, after a very rewarding project documenting the efforts of a nonprofit battling sex trafficking in Nepal, she is committed to finding more opportunities to give back with her work. Her photography has a strong focus in emotional, evocative perspectives, and she believes photography is a timeless and universal language. And I am just so excited to have you here with us today on the show. Welcome, Jenna. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Jenna, what was it that got you started in photography? Was this something that was part of your family or were you the the little girl running around pretending to take pictures of everybody? What really began your journey as a photographer? I started photography in high school. I had always been a creator, always drawing. I played instruments. And one day my dad just gave me his old film camera to play around with. And I realized it came pretty naturally to me at that time. This was pre-digital cameras even existing, you know, so that it was back back in the dark room in those days. But I just realized I really liked it. I didn't really think of it as a career move until I graduated college and kind of had a little bit of an existential crisis about what to do with my life and thought, you know, why don't I do something that I'm already good at and enjoy? So it kind of took off from there. Oh, my God, that's a great mindset. Why don't I do something that I'm good at and I enjoy? So many people actually do things that they think they're supposed to do rather than having that mindset. So what a beautiful way to get started. So let's talk, Jenna, about that, because basically you made the choice to step into entrepreneurship, right? And so, you know, one of the things that I know that happens frequently for artists is And it's not just artists. I think it's any kind of service professional where you step into wanting to serve people with your gift, right? But then along comes with it this entrepreneur thing that you have to also do. So I'd love to have you speak a little bit about how it was for you initially getting started as an entrepreneur in the photography business. And maybe if you talk about some of the moments where you might've even questioned, what am I doing? So my, originally when I went to college, I wanted to be a vet, but even when I wanted to be a vet, I knew I wanted to have my own clinic. I always knew I wanted to work for myself. So it wasn't a big stretch to decide to own my own business. I think I went into it a little bit slower than most. I think these days, a lot of people can like pick up a camera and put together a template website and call themselves a photographer. 
I was a lot more cautious than that. I spent a lot of years working with and other companies and kind of developing my skill set. So by the time I did start my own business, I had was pretty well grounded to know how to do it. And it took off very, very quickly. I was able to go full-time very quickly. But over the course of 15 years, I mean, of course, there's been so many times where I've thought, what am I doing? Even when it was going well, you know, sometimes it's going really, really well and you're overworked and you're just like, can I keep this up? Or sometimes it's going not so well and it could be for a creative reason. You're burnt out. You're out of new ideas. You've been seeing too much of other people's work on Instagram and it's kind of killing your own innovation. Or it could be on the business front with, you know, just because you started a business doesn't mean you have a sales background and not really knowing how to get new leads or nurture them or get the type of leads you want to get. That's really frustrating. And obviously the last two years, I think made all of us who are small business owners in any genre really rethink our lives a bit, you know, cause it, it hit hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think in your industry in particular, I mean, there's a lot of industries where it really hit hard. You know, I speak right. And literally had a book tour planned for 2020 oh, <laughs> and that was not happening pretty quickly into 2020. And, and you obviously as a photographer, there's a lot of interpersonal work that you do, but also it sounds like you've done a lot of traveling as well. And so Yeah, I would love to hear from you, like, what are some of the things that either in the last couple of years because of Corona's, you know, putting the spotlight on making us really think about what was what's actually important to us, or even in this 15 year journey that you've had where, you know, you knew that you had to make some kind of a change, like, Do you have like internal indicators and do you have some thoughts for our listeners about steps that you might've taken to, to change things up so that you could move more effortlessly in the direction of your dreams? Yeah. So I don't think there was really anything I could have done that would have completely dodged the Corona bullet for me. I think it was really hard on everyone, even in different kinds of businesses, because people were obviously cleaving to what money they had left. So it, it was a hard time to introduce new services or try to pivot. Around 2018, I had identified that I was taking on too high volume and I wasn't able to be my best self to each individual client and give them what I wanted to give them. And I also wasn't being good to myself. So starting in 2019, like mid 2019, I had started to do some research about how, what to change, how to change it and kind of building up momentum to do a rebrand and things like that. And then the world just kind of came crashing down and all that had to get put on hold. I got very, I was sick for a very long time during the past two years And it all got put on hold. And, you know, obviously with weddings being such a loaded, emotionally charged situation or any kind of celebration being very like emotionally loaded, I had to have a lot of really difficult conversations, which I I usually have an easier time mitigating. But because this was also stressful for me, that really took a toll on me. And I've since learned a little bit more about how to balance being the boundaries of business versus always have also having to meet people where they're at and show your own humanity. So that's a big thing I learned. And then I also 
realized maybe some of the reasons I was having bad experience with some, some of these people is because I wasn't doing as good a job of, of vetting my clients. So if, and if I had done a better job of that, I probably would be more on the same page with several of them and, you know, having less tense conversations with them. And I also just like added a page to my contract. (laughs) It just illuminated every hole in the plan. And I just got way more specific in my contract, outlining boundaries, deadlines, what's going to happen if, you know, there's a war or another plague or something like that. So I can't unknow that this is possible. And so now I think we're all kind of like, okay, we, we know what to do next time, but this time it was just minute to minute. We were having to adjust. Yeah. I love that phrase. I can't unknow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's beautiful. Well, I'd love to also talk about like the idea of creative burnout, because I think, especially for creatives, I know I found this in myself and I have a lot of creative people in my world as well, that, you know, one of the things I always end up falling back on is my creativity right? Oh, that didn't work. Well, let's try this. Oh, that's not working. Well, let's try this. And, you know, you mentioned that creative burnout can happen. So can you talk a little bit about that experience and, and what, you know, maybe some of the indicators are that you're coming up too close to the fire and some things that you might have learned in your journey that you can't unknow about how to either you know, stay away from completely burning out or recover from it? So my approach to photography is very much about emotional storytelling. So for me, when I have a new client or a new project or subject, I am looking to tell their story individually. And that helps me not suffer quite so much from, you know, doing the same thing over and over again. That said, there is a pretty long list of things that I know are going to work if I'm in a rut or if I can't quite get what I want out of someone, can't get them to loosen up as much as I'd like to. There is a pretty, after 15 years, a pretty long list of things I can do where I'm just like, I know this is going to work and I can default to it. And when I was working at such high volume, my brain just couldn't come up with new things. It didn't have room to play, you know? So I was just kind of starting to create plug and play photos. They were beautiful photos And the good thing about them is that they are consistent with my portfolio, which when someone looks at your portfolio, they do just kind of want those pictures, but with them in it. So there are worse things I could do, but it wasn't fun for me anymore. And I didn't feel like I was growing as an artist and the silver lining into these last two years and even being sick and physically unable to photograph is that I, that was enough time for me to kind of disconnect from my routine and It's hard to try new things when you know what works, because when you go home and you look at all the photos and you have to see all the ones you messed up, it really hurts your ego, you know? But lately I've been taking on a lot of shoots that are just for fun, which I didn't really have time to do in the past, or I was too burnt out to want to pick up my camera when I didn't have to in the past. And I've just been learning a lot of new things and trying a lot of new things and they're working out, you know, and now I can add those to the, to the regimen and bring something new to the table to my clients. But creative burnout is so difficult when you're monetizing your talent, because it can lead to a lot of feelings of not just like, Oh man, I'm in a rut right now, but like, it's also 
uh-oh, can I make a living? So it's it's a scary thing to experience as an entrepreneur. And I personally kind of replenish my creativity by doing non-photographic things. So I, like I said, I have some other skill sets in the creative realm. And sometimes when I do those, that'll help me reset more than picking a camera up in which a lot of my behaviors around that are very reflexive. Mm, yeah. Well, we are about to go to the break, but when we come back, we're going to talk more about your new education brand and also your work in Nepal. And I also want to talk when we come back from the break a little bit about what I just heard there, which is that there is this idea of having your routine, right? But then how do we juice it up a little bit? when we're getting close to the flame. So with that, we are going to take a short break and Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help if you're enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air. Please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so that we can serve them too. I want to say a huge thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We are now up to 98 countries. And I don't know if Nepal is, oh, there it is. Nepal is on the list and it's not too far down the list. So we're going to shout out this week to our listeners in Nepal and also to our listeners in Iceland and Austria. And we will be right back with Jenna Noel. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by Women in Transition, Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your Wealthy Life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Jenna Noel, and you can find out more about her and her work at jenna-noel-creative.com, and we will have that link for you in the show notes. Before we went to the break, we were talking about what to do when you have these you know, rituals and routines that you've been leaning on for years and that allow you to monetize, but then you start to burn out. And what we talked about before we went to the break was that you have been able to, because of Corona primarily, but you've been able to open up some space and to maybe break down some of your rituals and routines to incorporate like new, uh, new adventures that bring a little bit of, of life force in. So I'd love to hear about the adventures that you've taken that have provided you with that little bit of spice when things are getting stale. 
Yeah. So travel is extremely important to me. One of the reasons I decided to be a photographer is because I knew I'd be able to do my job from anywhere. And I knew that if I played my cards right, I can often get paid to travel. So I just felt like it would be a good combination of everything I care about. And I get, I get antsy. Like for example, when I'm shooting weddings, I get antsy if I'm shooting in the same venue over and over and over again, like I kind of have a cap of how many times I'm willing to shoot somewhere. And I realize I'm at that cap when I'm at that place. And I notice I'm shooting in all the same spots and kind of hitting the playbook and not really thinking about it. I know that that's when my brain is exhausted of that spot and doesn't want to tell that story anymore. Traveling, you know, shooting in other states, other countries even is a great way to avoid that. So for example, I go to New Orleans a lot and the wedding culture in New Orleans is so different than the wedding culture in Colorado or really anywhere else. It's really kind of specific to that place. And that feels like a completely different assignment. And I'm, I'm feeling inspired because we don't have, you know, big mossy trees out here. We don't do parades for weddings, second lines for weddings out here. So, I mean, that's just an example of how time can just like fly by when I'm shooting something new. I've done some photography in Iceland, which is a very different kind of wedding. It's usually just an elopement and on a loose timeline where you're kind of just finding the most beautiful thing your eyes can see and having a special moment there that always feeds my adventurous soul. And now I've done quite a bit of traveling out of state, out of country for weddings, but I would really like to start doing more of giving my, using my talents for good in the sense of kind of giving them away to nonprofits and causes that I care a lot about. So that's something I would like to transition into a bit moving forward. Mm, All right. Well, so all of that raises the question of, you know, of course, monetization, right? And so this is something that every one of us faces as an entrepreneur. We, We can get to that ceiling where we've been generating what we needed to generate, but we are losing momentum or passion or devotion or our creative juice or, you know, as you said, you, you, we're getting into plug and play, like it has no more yum for us. Right. Mm -hmm. And often that will start to also show up in our finances that will often sometimes show up in, in our finances. And at the same time, like most people who are in any kind of service-based entrepreneurship, we do have a heart for serving people. And so now you have this desire to serve your gifts without getting paid in some instances in service to a larger vision that you feel aligned with. So can we talk a little bit about this nonprofit that you documented in Nepal? Yes, of course. A few years ago, I was asked to go document the efforts of an organization called Global Orphan Prevention. And they essentially are going into small isolated communities who have had their daughters and nieces and wives in some cases swept away into the sex trade, never to be seen again. So this starts, we think of sex trafficking for those that haven't really looked into it. We think of sex trafficking as like you're walking down the street and someone snatches you violently and you get taken off. But what it really is, is, Usually it's someone that the child knows, that the family knows, mm-hmm. and they trust. And they that person has been offered a life-changing amount of money to emotionally manipulate 
a child or a teenager into coming down to Kathmandu and then went under the pretense of like, oh, I have a job for you here and you can send money back to your family or I can get you an education here and then you'll be able to get back to your community. And so these girls who are living in poverty feel a responsibility to go do this. And, you know, sometimes they're being asked to do it by their uncle or their neighbor. So it wouldn't occur to them to say no. And so oftentimes they're getting led right out of there by someone who they trust. And then, you know, it's kind of Kathmandu straight to India. And once in India, they're gone. And it's very rare that they're found or brought back. So I hiked around with this organization to a few different communities and we interviewed all of a bunch of people who had lost their children. And we're trying to find track down the line of where, who this starts with, because it starts with someone big. And then it's that person giving money to another person and that person all the way down until it gets to someone that these kids trust. And it went sadly high up, you know, almost like to the government in some cases with how this was starting. It's very upsetting, very, very sad. So it was my job to go and kind of document them investigating this. And it was also my job to show how beautiful these people were and their lifestyle and their community. And it was just a a great honor to be part of very difficult job, but it was a great honor to do it. Mm, Well, no one better than an emotional storyteller to tell those kinds of stories, right? And to put them in pictures. Well, Jenna, I want to talk a little bit about your Endless Summer Collective, because this is what has emerged for you out of the last few years of, you know, kind of the global reset that we've all been undergoing. So can you talk a little bit about what made you decide to do this and exactly what you're doing with people through this new brand? So I had decided to do this because I, throughout my career, have taken on mentors. I think you should always be having an outside eye come in and look over what you're doing and add to your skill set, whether it's creative or entrepreneurial. And so I had taken on a mentor in 2019. And one of the first things he said to me, he was like, why am I, why are you getting a mentorship from me? You should be the mentor. You've been doing this for at that point, like 14, 13, 14 years. You should be making a business out of this. You have knowledge that I don't even probably have. And so that was a thought. I always knew I wanted to start a second business that I could develop some passive income from. I think it's important to diversify your income streams if you're looking for financial stability. And I had always thought, oh, I'll sell off my contract templates, my develop presets, things like that. But I hadn't really considered actually being a mentor until that moment. So I started this other business, kind of soft launched it, and I'm doing one-to-one mentorships with people for now. I've also got a long-form program that's a bi-weekly with structured homework and what needs to be done to help people level up. There is an aspect to it and where I kind of want to like help people creatively cultivate and energetically, you know, think about what makes them happy. But I think what comes up a lot in mentorship programs is people giving very existential advice, which is good, but has its place. Mm. And I know I needed, I have been multiple times in my career needed someone to just actually tell me what to do. What should I charge? What should my contract say? How many assignments should I take on? 
what should I do when this client says this? And that's the kind of advice that I want to give because I know that I have been frustrated when I've been looking for direct answers, not being told to meditate on my problems, but I, I like actual instruction. And so that's really what I, what I am trying to offer with Endless Summer Collective is actionable advice with also some emotional support of you can do this. You have the talent. Let me help you bring it to the forefront. Beautiful. Well, congratulations on your new creation. That sounds amazing. And I don't disagree with you. I mean, I've definitely myself invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in mentorship, and I am a mentor for wickedly smart women around the world and have been had many of them invest through my work to expand and grow. And I like to bring what I like to call spiritual technologies and practical strategies. I could never do one or the other. They've got to be married. (laughs) They've got to be married, right? And being told to go meditate is a great idea, but it doesn't necessarily always pay the mortgage. So, (laughs) I mean, there's both. It's like when people, it's like when you go to the doctor, they're going to tell you to take this pill, but they're also going to tell you, you know, you should probably start walking every day Mm -hmm. and you need to do both those things. And that's the, both of those are good advice. So it's not dissimilar when looking at creative entrepreneurship. Yeah. Beautiful. So who are your favorite people to work with Jenna? That's another thing that came out of 2020. I really rethought what kind of people I like to work with both on the vendor side, collaborating with and on the client side. I really want to work with people who want to feel joy on their wedding day. You know, Mm -hmm. It, it can be a very consumerist social signaling type industry. It can be. But ultimately, you're doing this because you have met your best friend and someone you want to spend your life with. And if that story doesn't get told through the photos, I think that's a failure. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure people are trying to have fun on their day. I want to make sure that these are people who our values align and I can energetically feel that we're a good match. I ask a lot of questions in my contact form that seem unrelated. Like, what are you watching on Netflix? What what kind of music are you listening to? I'm just trying to get a kind of feel of what kind of people these are. Obviously, something I've added to the list now is they have to be willing to compensate me what I believe my experience and portfolio and talent level is worth. So even if they're the best people in the world, I I used to kind of just like give it away at low prices. And it's something that is not good for the heart or soul to do. Or Or the pocketbook. Yeah, to to do. So, you know, budget is is a factor now. And I want to work with talented vendor teams where we're all collaborating it to make it all of us look good and the day better for everyone involved, especially the, the bride. Beautiful. And how about the folks that are coming into your Endless Summer Collective, that that other business? Who are the people that you're interested in serving there? Essentially myself, you know, someone who you might be someone who's new and just has no idea how to get started, but has some talent. Or you could be someone like myself that's been doing it ages and is Mm -hmm. just plateaued and frustrated. Mm -hmm. And because I've been that person multiple times in the Mm -hmm. course of 15 years. So I don't think it's necessarily for someone only for people who don't know what they're doing. Sometimes these sorts of things are great for people who know exactly what they're doing, but can't stand back. You know, it's hard to stand back from your own portfolio sometimes when you have an emotional attachment to each image. And sometimes a portfolio review by an objective professional is something really valuable. Someone to look over your contract and tell you what's missing Mm -hmm. is really valuable. So it's really for anyone who is looking to 
level up or transition in their photography business. Beautiful. I love it. All right. Well, Jenna, we are at the end today, but it has been a lovely little journey with you. I appreciate you being here. And listeners, we do love feedback. So please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that number for you in the show notes. Or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. If you're looking for an award-winning wedding photographer, Jenna would be probably a great idea to check out. Or if you are a photographer yourself looking for your right fit mentor to serve you to go to the next level with your photography business, again, explore the Endless Summer Collective and Jenna's work over there. Thanks again for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.